I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. Uh, Inyash is here in person today. Huzzah. So that's fun. It is. Uh, this is episode number 85. We're recording on June 19th, 2023, which is Juneteenth. So happy the Juneteenth, union everyone. forever. Hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor and up with the stars and we'll rally round the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of freedom. Is that a Juneteenth song? Uh, it's a union song, so de facto it's a Juneteenth song. All right, fair enough. Cool. Um, all right, we have some stuff from last episode here, um, and this is from Reason, so I'm going to guess David put it here. He did not. It was uh, oh, it was Eniash. All right, so what is this? Uh, this was something linked in the Discord for us uh, about clarification on when we were talking last time um, about the change to the laws. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this. So remember when we said that there was... No, but you were saying it dumb. Okay, fine. You are the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> You're in person now, so I can cut you off much easier. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, on, on Skype, I just had to let you talk. It's, this uh, is terrible. Skype. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so remember we were talking about how um, Section 1983, um, had somebody ed- deleted a paragraph mm. um, from it. They deleted a sentence, and it kind of changed the meaning. Um, so we have an update to that. Yes. And what's the update? Oh. You can talk again. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you are a kind master. The update was that it wasn't just a random Scrivener's error slash asshole changing things on purpose. Uh, there was, a, right up until the point that this was passed, in the 1870s, in fact, uh, all federal public laws that had ever been passed were recorded in chronological order. And that includes things like um, amendments to the laws or repealing of laws. And so it was kind of hard to figure out what the law actually was. They, they had lawyers for a good reason back then, because law was hard. <laughs> it's... I see what you're doing here. I'm not yeah. taking a bait. Damn it. I'm, I'm going to try harder later on. Anyways, uh, so the Congress commissions a group to go through and read all the laws and codify them as to what they actually are at the moment and have them sorted by subject so or by topic so you can easily find what you need. Uh, the revisers did sometimes have to make substantive changes because some of the shit conflicted with some of the other shit. It was like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and Thankfully, that, nothing in the law ever conflicts anymore. Yes. We solved that problem. Thank uh, goodness. Inyash, one of the keys of doing good bait is putting out bait that someone in the conversation will actually bite at. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was these books that were just like, this is the first law we passed, and this is the second law. And so what they did was they got some, some people to actually put them together into like a code of laws. Um, so, you know, the, the stuff that was all on the same topic went together. And then Congress literally repealed all the old laws and passed this new set. So that's the law. So that's why it doesn't really matter what it originally said. Congress passed the the new laws and, you know, is setting a tradition that would last hundreds of years. They didn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good clarification. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, all right, on to the new news, and we're going to start with the news from Ukraine. David, what's going on? Yeah, so uh, I think we talked about this briefly uh, last episode, but it was still breaking news at the time, so it gets a full segment now. 
And uh, the segment is those damn Russians blew up a dam. Uh, there's this major dam in the Dnieper River, which uh, controls the flow of said river, in addition to, I think, providing some hydroelectric power. Uh, and the Russians blew the dang thing up. Uh, they've controlled it since pretty early in the invasion. And uh, they, for a while, they were blaming the Ukrainians. I don't think they're even bothering to do that anymore because it was pretty obvious from just video of the explosion that the explosion came from inside the, first the I dam. Heard about and this, it was like, oh, and no, everyone says it wasn't them. So who could it be? It's definitely the Russians, yeah. though. So uh, there's video of the explosion. It's obvious the explosion is coming from inside the dam, not from above the dam like it would be if someone dropped a bomb on it uh and like there's no way that a ukrainian commando unit or whatever could bring enough explosives into this thing to blow it up without someone what if they were james bond with secret mi6 technology no then on the video it would have been rappelling down it's true on a bungee cord (laughs) all right yeah if they if they had and if the if the Ukrainians have developed antimatter explosive technology, then it's possible, yes. I feel like, uh, I feel like they'd be doing better that. in the war if they did that. I feel like that's true as well. They're holding on to it for a secret <laughs> All right, gambit David, later. was this a stupid thing to do or a smart thing to do on the part of Russia? Uh, six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, so, uh, militarily, it wasn't obviously stupid, Um uh, Our next Ukrainian news story uh, is that we are, in fact, getting a Ukrainian counterattack. And as a spoiler to that counterattack, this was actually a reasonably good idea. Uh, The former reservoir above the dam uh, is now a several miles wide mud flat that's completely impossible to traverse. And the river below it is flooded. So that's... uh, uh, so Causing it's some doing a pretty good job of uh, making large sections of the front that Ukraine wanted to counterattack uh, basically unreachable for the Ukrainians. The downside is that uh, the flood control that this dam provided was one of the major reasons why Crimean agriculture was so productive, and that's now going to go away. So it's distinctly possible that there's going to be some serious famine like the last time someone majorly screwed with Crimean agriculture. All right, and this is the actual reason why I let David go on and on and on about this story. Because it says here in my notes that Ukrainian beavers have gone apeshit. (laughs) That's what I want to hear about. Yeah, so fun fact about beavers, uh, their dam building instinct is triggered by the sound of rushing water. And there is now a lot more sound of rushing water in Ukraine. Wait, so the, are the beavers just going to rebuild the dam? Presumably they're going to build a lot more, much smaller dams. But yes, there are beavers building dams every goddamn where they can reach in Ukraine. <laughs> oh my god. Ha- or, so, you know, wait, so in is it possible, eastern Ukraine near the lower Dnieper. So is it possible that the Ukrainian army is going to be able to, like, do a river crossing because a bunch of beavers <laughs> dammed it no. and stopped the flooding? You cannot drive a military vehicle over a beaver dam. You don't drive it over the beaver dam. How do you get your vehicle across, then? 
You no, the beavers dam the river, and then it stops being flooded downriver because they built a dam, uh, which is the thing that got broken. You see. I think it already washed away any bridges that were along the way, though. That, the, the beavers river. are rebuilding dams. He just said that. <laughs> okay. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's possible to cross a river if it's not bridged, and it's also possible to bridge a river. You can cross the wagon and float it across. Bridge, bridges right. are. Bridges are actually really easy to build if you don't need them to last very long. Also really easy to break. Just ask I-95. Oh. We're not covering that. And also, you know, the Kurt Strait Bridge. (laughs) All right. So tell us about the counterattack. Are beavers involved? Uh, As far as I know, beavers are not yet involved. Well, they probably... I'm Um, sure they are. They probably just didn't tell you. Yeah, they're probably keeping it classified. Um... At this point, it's mostly just uh, small-scale probing attacks to test Russian defenses, presumably because the actual intended point of the counterattack is now a giant mudflat and or flooded. Um, So uh, they're just seeing where they can attack uh, now that Plan A has literally gotten washed out. And uh, uh, yeah, it's probably going to lead up to a pretty big push uh, like we've seen previously fairly soon. Uh, they, the Ukrainians have also managed to kill another Russian general. Uh, this has been confirmed by Russian sources. And it also seems like there's some trouble in paradise between the Russian military of defense and the Wagner um, mercenary group. Oh, no. Uh, the Ministry of Defense seems to be ordering Wagner into places they will absolutely 100% all get killed, and Wagner seems to be outright disobeying those orders. Uh, but this isn't the first time that there's been very conspicuous trouble between Wagner and the Ministry of Defense, and that hasn't seemed to go anywhere previously, so it's possible that's all just a psyop. David, womp, womp. give us a follow-up on um, the thing when uh, Wagner kidnapped a russian lieutenant or something uh yeah that's another one of those things that didn't seem to really go anywhere did it actually happen or is that false uh i'm not sure people just kind of stopped talking about it all right uh so we're gonna move on to uh our next story where trump has been indicted Again. And if you're if you're wondering, if you're saying to yourself, hey, we heard this story already. Well, he's been indicted again for a different thing. Uh, this time, it's the boxes. He's been indicted for the boxes, which is what he calls this. It's actually how he... Box uh, hoax. He's, he calls it the boxes hoax. It's not even box hoax. It's boxes hoax. Oh, box hoax sounds better. Yeah. You <laughs> failed that time. Uh, so this is about the classified documents that he kept, uh, like, by his toilet. And so he's been charged with 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information, which is fun. And they definitely charged him with that because they're getting into whether he can declassify things. With- mm. So they go um, – they, they, they charge him with this, which doesn't actually need the documents to be classified. All right. This is just – yes, they're um, – and yes, you were supposed to give those back if the government asks for them. And he definitely did not do that. Um, he's also count with com- – Charged with conspiracy to obstruct justice, um, four counts of other various withholding documents crimes, which are just different sections of the criminal code that you violate when you do, when you don't give the government the documents they're asking for, um, and one count of making false statements, which is just you know the, the crime they charge everyone with who's ever been interviewed by the FBI. Oh yeah. Um, which sucks, and they shouldn't do that, but you they know, couldn't that. happen to a nicer guy. 
So is this better or worse? Better. Is this more serious or less serious than his previous indictment? I, I think this is more se- – well, so <laughs> it's funny. What he actually did was less serious. Okay. But the legal jeopardy is much more serious Ooh. because he definitely did this. Yeah. There's no question. Mm. He's got He's like on tape, on video, uh, saying like, I, I knew these documents are classified and I can't show them to you. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. There's like a Holy video of him waving around something he's claiming is like the Iran invasion plan, <laughs> and he's like, "I wish I could show this to you, but it's classified. I should have cla- declassified it when I was president, but I didn't." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck with this guy? Right? Um, you would not believe this in a movie. Yeah, but like this, this is five to ten years is like the the sentencing range for this, and people definitely get sent to jail for it. Hmm. Um, and it doesn't have any of the like stupid problems of the last one, where that one's like it's past the statute of limitations, and we're not even sure if this law is legal. Um, no, this is definitely like this is like an open and shut case. The one issue though, and my, I'm gonna predict right now, he does not get found guilty of this Ooh. if Judge Eileen Cannon stays on the case. All right, why and who is that? So Judge Eileen Cannon is the judge for whatever Florida District Court that this is in. Um, and they had to bring it in Florida because that's where he kept the documents. Um, and they drew Judge Cannon. And Judge Cannon was previously on a Trump case and, like, with made, like, crazy legal rulings in Trump's favor. Like, clearly in the tank for him. Mm-hmm. And was doing everything she could do. And the 11th Circuit, which is what it gets appealed to, slapped her down pretty hard. Um, but still, there's just, like, so much a judge can do in a jury trial mm. to, like, fuck over the prosecution. And some of it's unappealable. Um, oh, and, oh, that's and gonna suck. well, there's just a lot that's like within the judge's discretion, huh. um, and that's that. And the, the appeals court just says, yeah, that's up to the judge. Um, so I think I think if Judge Cannon stays on here, I don't know if Judge I don't know if Trump actually gets acquitted. Uh, it's possible it just gets delayed long enough for him to be president again, and then he just pardons himself or something. God. I don't know. Um, but I don't think I don't think he he is found guilty of this. Um, as long as Judge Cannon stays on. Now, there's some some slim hope that they can get it transferred to a different judge. I don't really know how all that works, so maybe. Um, but they definitely should try to do that because they can't win this case with Judge Cannon. How, uh, did, how did he get Judge Cannon? Luck of the draw. Really? Yeah, it was the district. Judge Cannon was put – I think Trump put her in this district. Yeah. I think Probably because he was hoping this would happen, because he knew he was going to get charged with some crimes. Um, but yeah, there's like no, multiple judges in the district, and you you know you, you just draw the one you draw. How many are there? I don't know. Okay. I actually heard people saying ahead of time that it was probably going to be Judge Cannon, so maybe they were just like watching the rotation. Or I, I don't know how it works. Okay. That's definitely something I would game if I could in any way do that. Right? I'm like prosecutors, how did you let this happen? Yeah. <laughs> like you know any any other judge in the country. And I wouldn't be saying this. J- judge Cannon, because some people are saying, like, oh, it's a Trump-appointed judge. Oh, he'll never get a fair trial. And I'm like, no, no, look, lots of Trump-appointed judges have ruled against Trump when he's wrong. It's not that he appointed her. It's that this particular judge is the worst judge in the country mm. and and has shown that she is, like, in the tank. Um, this just legit feels like something you would hear on a Dan Carlin hardcore history episode. That- I mean, you maybe you will someday. <laughs> That it just so happened to you, he put this corrupt judge in and then it worked out. It's, it's crazy shit, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, man, I really hope they get this judge off the case because she sucks. Um, and then if he gets acquitted with a different judge, he'll be like, fine. That, that's fine. Maybe right. that was sure some flaw in the prosecution. Um, 
So, conditional on Trump being convicted, what do you think his chances in the election are? Because I still think I'm pretty good. Well, I think he could win with a conviction. I don't think he can win if he's in jail during the campaign. That would make it hard. That's a good point. Yeah, so it really depends. Now, There's especially with Judge Cannon, I mean, he's going to be able to delay this for quite a while. I don't know if he'll be able to delay it till like, after the campaign and the election. Um, he, what the, ideally, he'd be in jail for the primary campaign. Yeah. I think the odds of him losing the primary are approximately 0.000%. <laughs> Seriously, you don't think the Republicans are get their shit together well, in time? I think it's better than no. that. No. <laughs> just because it's, it's far away. Inyash, the history of the last six years has been the history of the Republicans completely and utterly failing to get their shit together to stop Trump. What's, what makes you think that's going to change just because the man is in jail? That is a good point. Um, but no, the campaign season's already started. Like, people have made their declarations. Right. Um, there's a bunch of big clown car, again, of, like, Mike Pence is running. Mike fucking Pence thinks he's gonna be the nominee. Hey, he was vice president, so. And is his his sales pitch is great because he's like, look, everything we did in the Trump administration was great, you know. But you know, I draw the line at my own hanging. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Did you remember the January sixth guys are all chanting oh, "Hang Mike Pence"? That, okay, right, yeah. And oh, oh, don't no, that was not Mike Pence didn't actually say that. Mike Pence cannot make jokes. All right, I'd like him a lot better if he did make that. Yeah. No, but he is saying, like, oh, we just, you know, we, we parted ways on January 6th and trying to overturn the election. You know, but everything else we did was great. Yeah. Um, Chris Christie's the only one who's like, yo, fuck Trump. I hate this guy. He sucks. You're all idiots if you elect him again. Which, like, I'm glad somebody was out there on the Republican side saying that. And I actually kind of like Chris Christie. Um, probably because I'm from New Jersey and he's like, he's got the Jersey attitude. Um, but, he, I mean, he's not going to win. So it's great if he's willing to, like, jump on the grenade for the rest of them. Who who do you think will win? Trump. God damn it! <laughs> Obviously Trump. <sighs> and if it's not Trump, it's going to be DeSantis. But it's going to be Trump. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not as confident as David, but it's going to be Trump. Unless he's in jail during the campaign and he can't campaign. It's and, not going to happen that fast, though. These trials never go that no, fast. No, it won't happen that fast. I mean, they say, like, if this was a normal person, it would be like, you know, Two, three months, and then they'd have the trial. But obviously Trump's going to dro- delay it till for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, any, anyone else have anything else to say about this? He had a co-conspirator indicted who was just like a henchman, <laughs> which is fun. Kind of sucks for her or him. <laughs> uh, I think it's him, Waltine Nauta. It definitely starts out masculine and then takes a hard turn for the feminine in the last, um, whatchamacallit, syllable. At least it's not Waltina. Um, but, like, it's a nobody person who no one cares about. Right. Sacrificial lamb. All right. person who's going to go to jail. All right, next story. It is, in fact, a dude. Next story. I had, you know, some difficulty breathing for a couple of days because of Canada. Fucking Canadians. Right? You know, I did two in Denver, but not nearly as bad as you. Yeah, we got so we got this on the northeast. There were these wildfires in Quebec, yeah. of course. The French part. The worst part of Canada. <laughs> Honestly, calling Quebec the the French part is frankly being a little bit unfair to the French. The Quebecois <laughs> are like French, but with everything that's bad about the French turned up to eleven, and everything good about them thrown in the trash. Mm. That's not They're true. They're the worst because. 
one of the good things about the French is they're cooking, and Montreal smoked meat is delicious. Uh, okay. So they got one thing going for them. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, hey, look. I call them like I sees them. That's what we respect about you, Wes. <laughs> yep. yep. But they're still the French part. Um, so, yeah, they had these big fires. We got smoke everywhere. The skies were red. We had the air quality of California. <laughs> <laughs> and it was completely intolerable. Hmm. And I was like, look. We get the shitty weather, but we get the clean air. All right? That's the deal. California gets the nice weather, but the shitty air. It's like, I don't like this. We're, we're not – this is not allowed to happen again. Um, everyone's blaming global warming. Mm. But I actually read a thing that was like we should actually be expecting less of this in the future because of the weather patterns. Less fires? Less, less specifically fires there that are going to come down over the east, eastern oh. United States. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure California's going to get more because right. they, they just I'm love I'm guessing the smoke. actual cause of this was poor infrastructure maintenance no, and forest management. No, it was global warming. We actually talked about this last right. year during the fire season. Yeah, we did. It turns out it's, it's significantly both. Um, but no, actually, I, I think this one in particular was probably just like a weird freak thing. Well, I'm glad that we've gotten past that. Right. Oh, man, I was worried it was going to stick around. I'm for, actually really, uh, yeah, really glad that it did get done by Vibe Camp. Yeah. That spoiler alert, me and Eniash were at Vibe Camp. High five. But it's actually not a spoiler because we recorded an episode there that's probably going to go out before this one. Oh, really? So you all know that. Nice. It's coming out tomorrow then. Yeah. Awesome. Probably, and it might have probably come out tonight. Ooh. I'm a good going to have to actually listen to an episode <laughs> well, of this podcast, aren't I? <laughs> also not spoiler since you maybe already listened to it by the time you're hearing this, but the audio quality is significantly worse. Because I mean. uh, we did not <laughs> bring our whole podcast rig. No, and in addition to that, we were inside of a campgrounds and inside an equi room. So, but you you work with what you got when you're out in the middle of nature. Yeah, but listen to it; it's fun. Yeah. Um. All right. Next story. Uh, oh my God. We're gonna talk. I, we're, we're okay. I'm I'm gonna start into this, and we are gonna mute David. <laughs> So, there was a ma- <laughs> major statement that was put out by an AI organization. They actually took a number of months crafting the statement to be as completely... They, cra- they crafted uh, a, a statement to make it as good of a stunt as possible. No, they crafted Inyash. it to be as inoffensive and get as many people on board as possible oh, while still saying uh, important things. And they got a lot of people to sign on because of that. Uh, the statement is... Okay, read the dang statement. Word. We all David, know you're waiting, I just want to tell too. you, Eniash had his hand out mm. like you could see him. <laughs> like he was saying, like, no, no, wait. I was projecting my vibes <laughs> across the country towards David oh through my, my hand. You guys, Eniash uh, is supposed to oh, right now. I, I don't know if I, I told felt you. Them. <laughs> I felt them, and I ignored them because you're totally mind-killed on this topic. All right, the statement is... <clears throat> Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority, along with societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. Which is Inyash, it's a one-sentence statement, open. and you fucked it up. What? No, I didn't. What did I say wrong? You omitted other. Okay, fine. Other societal scale risks. You know what? <laughs> I meant to do that so that we would talk about it a bit more and give it more mind share. Yeah, no, this this is a good, very succinct, small uh, statement, and incredibly importantly, with how many people sign on to it, like, literally, uh, except for Yan Lee Kuhn, who is a douche, uh, almost everybody in AI has signed on to this thing, many people in policy, it is, it has got such a huge list of people uh, supporting the statement, and now, when people on the internet say things like, look, literally nobody who knows anything about AI thinks that we might die from it, you can point at this one very simple, very clear, very direct statement 
Um, excuse me, sir. No one says excuse that. Excuse me, uh, sir. Okay, so idiots on Twitter say that, but they don't count. They're David, all Russian bots. we just bots. got back from Vibe Camp, so we're Twitter people now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't talk about you can't talk about uh like Twitter like it sucks anymore. <laughs> we're, t- we're Twitter personalities. We have made Twitter good by joining it. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not on the East Coast, so fight me. Um, no, so here's my problem with this hmm. is that I I think that I, I you know I think that that risk of extinction from AI is is actually actually does matter. Um, I think it's you know a lot. I I think it's exaggerated by some people who will remain nameless. Um, but like sitting right here. <laughs> But this statement, when they say it should be a global priority, what that really means is governments should get involved. Right. And that's that's not going to help. I want it yes. to just be like a tiny group of weirdos working on it. Um, because then when, when, when like everyone gets involved, and especially governments, they're just going to fuck everything up. And we're probably going to get the evil AI um, way eviler than we would have gotten if they just stayed out of it. So I don't want to disagree with you, but absolutely, <laughs> right. I don't want to disagree with you. Endorsed. But on the other hand, could a tiny group of weirdos do risk um, <laughs> mitigation on things like pandemics and nuclear war? No, but they could with AI, because all you got to do is design the good AI. <laughs> is that all? Yeah. It's so easy to just design a god that is aligned with humanity. You can't just design a good nuclear bomb though, <laughs> and then and then it it beats the other nuclear bombs. It's not how it works. If you could just if you just made the best nuclear bomb and you could win also, that way. Also, if reducing the risk of nuclear what war. If, what if you could win that way, making the best nuclear right. bomb? But it was really hard, and in the meantime, there was a century where anyone could make the bad nuclear bombs. All right, David has something he wants to say. It's all not right, fair go ahead, David. He's not in the room. Sorry, yes. Go. If reducing the risk of nuclear war was reserved to a tiny group of weirdos, then we never would have gotten the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and we would be living in the future right now. That's true. That is probably true, but we might be also living in the future where we're using fire for our primary energy source because some nukes got out and then war happened. That is wildly implausible. As far as I'm aware, no one credibly thinks that the anti-nuclear activist movement actually accomplished anything other than killing nuclear power. No, no, no. Not the anti-nuclear activist uh, movement. The governments that restricted access to uh, fission material back when it was first discovered that you could make bombs out of it. Okay, well, when you sort out that Mountain Bailey, then maybe we can talk about this. I just want governments to restrict access to things that can destroy the world. I do not want to So you want governments to... to decide who We're controls the next access to things that will destroy the world. You don't think that governments have a significant chance of actually, you know, using the thing that might destroy the world to destroy the world. I actually think they might do that, yes. But <laughs> what's okay. the other option? Just let everyone have Well, it. we're making progress. Okay, that brings us to our next story. The U.S. government has already gotten involved and has drafted an AI Bill of Rights. And it's super awesome, right, Ineon? It is absolute shit. Oh, no! <laughs> Whoa, no! Whoever could have predicted this! Yes, they did. Oh, man! I totally thought they were going to nail this one! It is almost entirely things like we can't let people spread misinformation and it's important for AI to be social justice. It's such ass. <laughs> wow, whoever could have predicted that this might happen? Okay, we all predicted that this would happen, and yet what other choice do we have? And we yet one of us shit. acted on that feeling, <laughs> and the other one was like, eh, it'll probably be fine. I said it's better He's still than the saying alternative. It. He's and saying I'm it right saying now. It. Yes, it is better than the alternative. 
we at some point we're gonna have to claw back all that shit but in the meantime we need to stop the evil ais from destroying everything or you know stop them from being built Inyash, you realize that while we're working on cl- desperately trying to claw back all that shit nukes yes. will still be around right so there there's going to be an opportunity cost to us desperately having to claw back all that shit and that opportunity, opportunity cost, cost is also an existential risk to humanity. Okay, it is not at all the same level of extinction risk as yeah. Uh, AI. Yeah, you're right. It's much higher okay. because it's not now, made now up. Now I am going to take you up on that offer to brawl. What about the extinction risk to us by not creating the super advanced AI that solves aging? Do you ever think of that, Eniage? We're probably going to die because the government of the world decided not to allow the AGI to be built. I am willing to die if it saves the rest of the human race from going extinct. Like. You what can... a fucking humanist. Right. Well, yeah, well. Okay, stakes for the brawl is if I win, you need to read everything Iron <laughs> I mean, Man ever wrote. God, no, I don't read, agree to that. That's I've so already much. read Atlas Shrugged. Oh, well, that's like half of it. <laughs> and I liked it quite a bit. I've, I've heard I'd like The Fountainhead too, but I hear she also wrote a lot of bad stuff. All right, but if you if you bet this, that... you have to read The Fountainhead, but also read the like 80-page speech in the middle. How about I just do that anyway? Okay, how about you just how about you just read the virtue of selfishness and then we can go from there. I actually believe I've read most of that and I like it. We're not disagreeing on anything except how likely it is for the human race to go extinct. Okay, I did not realize I was sitting around with two people who like Ayn Rand. This is hell for me. She has some. She I has don't. some issues, right? There's I a don't. Lot that's but Inyash desperately but needs her. All right, but like you got you got to take it in stride. It's like you don't believe everything that you read about anybody that you like. Even Yud said some dumb things. <laughs> oh boy, did he? <laughs> like vibes are bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even who wrote some dumb things? Eliezer Yudkowsky. Okay, yes, we agree on one thing at least. <laughs> All right. All right. A quick follow-up to this last thing. Robin Hansen says that, you know, he can sometimes talk with people who are doing regulations and shit. And according to him, less than 20% of the effort behind the scenes working on these AI regulations is being directed at extinction risk. The majority is on this political bullshit. And, uh, you know, that makes me very sad. They always make things worse. Yeah, it's almost like they shouldn't get involved. Uh, I... I just repeat, would repeat uh, everything yeah, right. I just said. All right, all right, yeah. next story. Go on. God, we have more AI stuff to talk about. You told me to put AI stuff I, in here. Then I was like, oh let's take God. off all this AI stuff. There's too much AI stuff. And you're like, no. We took out half it of it. On. We this t- one's important. Listener, you could have twice as much AI stuff if it wasn't for the fact that we have a time limit. <sighs> all right, what is this? What is this story? Uh, Google de- Google's DeepMind um, has an alpha dev. Uh, which is like, you know, their AlphaGo stuff. Uh, AlphaDev is software development. Uh, it has uncovered new and improved sorting algorithms, which is actually like a really big deal because they're used for a lot of crunchy, like low-level computer stuff that uh, just determines what you can do and how fast with your computers. Um, I mean, not everything, obviously, but it, it's key infrastructure for software. Uh, they started from scratch in a computer's assembly instructions and then trained it with a uh, assembly game, they say, where it's rewarded for sorting data efficiently and wins by finding correct, faster program. And yeah, brand new, improved sorting algorithm from that. When they applied this to hashing, it discovered an algorithm that was 30% faster than what they currently had. We uh, And then they open sourced all that new algorithm stuff in the main C++ library. Like just vast amounts of utility given away for free. It's amazing. All right, listeners, mm. I want you to solve an argument for us. Mm. When you hear this, go on the Discord or send us an email or tweet at us because yeah. we're on Twitter now. Oh! Um, 
Oh my God! What the fuck was that story about? Do you have any idea what Enias just said? Because I sure don't, and I have a feeling you guys don't either. So if you get it, let us know. If you don't get it, let us know. All right, sorting. Computers uh, have a lot I of do, numbers, and sometimes and those numbers. I do need get to... it, and I thought it All was right, super cool. All right, you're computer programmer people. In, in very simple terms, computers deal with a lot of numbers, and sometimes you have to sort a large number of those numbers. Uh-huh. And uh, the faster you can do that, the more you can do other stuff. Right. Okay. So AI made a computer run gooder. Yes. Yes. All right. That, but they've in, been doing that this whole time. Look, they did it in a way where humans have been highly motivated to try to make computers run gooder in that way for many decades and put a lot of effort into it, and AIs did it in just a matter of months. All right. There, well, there's the story, people. Yeah. All right, next story. Language models don't always say what they think. Yeah, the last AI story for us today. This story, introduce it, but this story should not be a story. <laughs> well, uh, as anyone following this AI stuff knows, lots of times you can get better results by saying uh, to the AI, let's think step by step, or show us your chain of thought as you're doing this, and it'll go through things step by step, and you more frequently get more better answers, more better, you know, improved answers, they're more accurate, there's less hallucinations. Uh, but, interestingly, when they went and interrogated this, uh, this process that the LLM uses, they often aren't actually telling you the truth about what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, they call... They, <laughs> I personally like to think of this as they're just like we are. We lots of times think that we know what we're thinking when we actually don't and are just making stuff up yeah, after the fact. Yeah, are trying to fuck the AI again? <laughs> I will fuck anything that moves, <laughs> sir. <laughs> and this AI is moving in my psyche. AIs don't move. They move in yeah, my soul, mostly. which is the most important eight. place for things to move. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... <laughs> Okay, so, so this... anything that moves in your soul. <laughs> yes. That's what souls are for, Wes. So the reason I say this shouldn't be a story is this should not be the tiniest bit surprising to anyone who actually, like, has a gut-level understanding of how LLMs... Nobody has that. There's, like, five people. No, I do. Okay. okay. So what's happening when you tell... um, When you tell uh, an LLM think through it step by step or explain your process is that is sending it into an area of its training data which contains tutorials and stuff and that area of its training data confirm uh, or contains things written by smart people who double checked that they were actually saying things right If you just say, solve this math problem, then that sends you to forums or the area of the training data containing forums and math stack overflow and other places where there are a lot of good answers, but there's also just a lot of people bullshit. No, on the internet? (laughs) Yeah, on the internet. Very sad to hear that. Yeah, basically, so basically, if you expected the step-by-step instructions to actually conform to the LLM understanding the step-by-step process instead of just referring to a smarter part of the internet. The problem is on you for not understanding the thing. Um, It's basically the same problem as if you say, you are the world's greatest expert in calculus. Explain or solve this calculus problem, or saying, you're Albert Einstein, explain this physics problem. Like, all of this is just ways to get the LLM looking at the smart part of the internet instead of the dumb part of the internet. Well, in addition, it puts that explanation that it is giving into the context window, which was supposedly a big deal, but uh, I guess less of a big deal because it doesn't influence it enough. Inyash, what this story basically is, is... It's the equivalent of, 
I told this LLM that it was Albert Einstein and asked it to solve a physics problem, and it gave me the right answer, but it didn't generate a fully-fledged emulation of Albert Einstein's brain inside of its matrix. Look, no one thinks it's doing that. Okay, then this, then this isn't a problem! I mean, look, if you ask smart people to show their work, they still don't. They're like, I'm not doing that. I'll just take the seat. Inyash, if no one thinks it's doing that, then this story has no substance to it. It has substance because, interestingly, if you follow the link, uh, there are cases where they manage to train the or prompt uh, the AI enough to always answer with A as uh, as its multiple choices for, like, why did you do this thing? And then it will change its justification afterwards to fit with A, but apparently in a quote-unquote subconscious way, or at least... Oh, that is what we do. I know, right? This is just, if you tell the LLM to do a thing, it'll do the thing. And if you tell it to do something stupid, it'll do something stupid. This is what all of the AI think piece, quote-unquote think pieces that have come out since ChatGPT became a thing have been. And I'm tired of it. All right, nerds. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. This is boring. Boring everyone. It is right, fascinating Inyash, how it manipulates Inyash, quiet. David, you got the last word. We're ah, moving on fine, to the good fine. news, which is Supreme Court news. Ooh, well, some of this is not the good The interesting news. stuff. But this one is. Um, all right. So, Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court said that the Alabama voting redistricting was unconstitutional because of the Voting Rights Act, um, which required them to find that it was... Um, I'm just going to say racist. I'm sure there's some legal term for it. Uh, racially discriminatory, maybe. Um, but the Voting Rights Act, for the Voting Rights Act, you don't need racist intent. You only need um, disparate impact. Um, but I was super surprised by this because I thought, you know, the court has enough conservatives now that they're just going to be like, this whole idea that you can't just... Um, that minorities have to, like, actually have representation, um, they're going to get rid of that. And oh. four of them really wanted to, but uh, but Roberts and Kavanaugh uh, sided with the majority here. Um, the, the actual law on it is that the Voting Rights Act requires a, um, a, a district for minority voters where they can elect a, the candidate of their choice if – and this is actually way better than I thought it was mm. um, because I thought it was just going to be like, oh, you have lots of black people and no black representatives. That's racist, right. um, which it, which it uh, explicitly is not. They're like, you can't do it that way because that – it says right in the law you can't do it that way. Mm. Um, so what it says is um, they get a new district if the minority group is large and concentrated enough to make a reasonable district. So if they like all live in the same place, right. if they're spread out all over, you can't just be like, oh, well, let me draw this crazy district that goes, you know, around the outside of the state or whatever. Um, the minority group has to be politically cohesive, uh, which is, you know, so it's like, well, okay, if all the black people want the same candidate, then this applies. If they don't, then, um, then it doesn't matter. Like they're all not going to vote for the same candidate anyway. Um, and that the white majority votes as a block to defeat minority preferred candidates. Huh. Um, and I like this test because it's saying. Well, okay, as long as, like, there's a real racial divide, you have to take that into account. But the problem will solve itself naturally if we ever actually become a less racist society. Yeah. Um, because you can look at it and be like, okay, well, you know, in this case, the, the black voters voted 92% for one candidate. And I think the white voters voted, like, like uh, 70, 70 or 80%. For, for their candidate. So it was like, okay, we definitely have a huge racial split here. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, if in 50 years we don't have that kind of racial split anymore, they'll look at this test and say, like, okay, well, then, okay, it, it doesn't apply. So I kind of like that vote, that, that that way of putting it, um, because a lot of what I don't like is saying, like, okay, well, anything, you know, it's, it's, it's racist if there's any kind of difference. Right. Right? And this test seems to be like, okay, well, no, let's see if it's racist. And if it's racist, you got to redo it. Um, so the, and then they ruled that the Alabama districts, you know, uh, uh, were satisfied all three prongs of that, and they have to to redo their map. Um, which I I, I like the decision. I thought it was good. Um, d- who did not like this decision was Justice Thomas, okay. who wrote a dissent that and <laughs> these opinions were wild, man, because it was like, okay, well, the majority opinion is is five. People agree to parts like 1, 2, and 3A, but not 3B. And the dissents are even worse. So Thomas wrote this dissent that's like joined by the other three for like two parts of it, but not one part. And then two of them joined for the other part, and it's like a complete mess. So I didn't, I didn't go do all the math to figure out who agrees with what. Um, but basically what Thomas said is that this whole idea that the Voting Rights Act can require redistricting is wrong. That what the Voting Rights Act says... It applies to is a, quote, voting qualification or prerequisite to voting or standard practice or procedure. Um, And, you know, those are kind of ambiguous words. But if you look at, like, the legislative history and what was intended by that, it's not not supposed to include redistricting. It's supposed to include things like poll taxes or, like, you know, racial tests Ah. or, um, you know, all the other shit they did in the South. Um, His second point, which is, like, in every... Wait, is that a valid point, though? I don't know. Oh. He's a lawyer. He doesn't read laws. No, I mean, it's the Supreme Court. They just decide, like, whatever they feel like All words right. mean. That's fair. Okay. Um, his second point, which is, I love reading a Thomas of Dissent because this is this point is always in here. Mm-hmm. It's basically like stare decisis is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, if a case is wrong, let's just say it's wrong. Because Kavanaugh, he wrote a separate concurrence being like, just to clarify, like, stare decisis is really important. Mm. And this has already, like, been ruled that this is what it applies to, and I'm going to uphold that because it doesn't satisfy this, like, stare decisis test. And wow. Thomas is like, God, that's stupid. Just if it's wrong, say it's wrong, which I actually agree with. Um, I think there should be probably be some weight put on prior decisions because you don't want things changing every time a new justice is put in. But like, Wait, don't we? Well, I think – well, it depends. We really don't. I, th- I think you don't want economic things changing. Well, I, Social I, things, I'm like, eh, that's not going to – that's fine. I would be 1,000% okay with that uh, idiotic Depression-era law defining a uh, a farmer growing crops on his own land and then feeding it to his own animals as interstate commerce getting overturned. Yeah, no, me too. I, I think a lot of things can change and should change, but it shouldn't like be – a drop of the hat anytime someone new comes in all the rules get changed around because then you start having insanely bitter fights about making sure that only the right people ever get in well oh, god well, forbid we don't, we have, don't have insanely bitter fights over supreme court justices <laughs> you know so far there have been no shootings uh yeah and don't say that guy tried to kill kavanaugh or whatever he didn't try he thought about it and then thought better of it and turned himself in <laughs> uh God, I keep seeing that cited by liberals being like, or, or no, I think it's by yeah, usually it by conservatives. Seems like a like, conservative. Somebody tried to kill Kavanaugh, and I'm like, they didn't. He didn't try to kill Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. He decided not to. Uh, and, and Thomas's other point, which is, is that you can't, the actual law, well, like I said before, prohibits actual just use looking at mechanical proportionality, saying like, oh well, you know, 
two-sevenths of the state is black, and there's seven districts, so you need two black uh, uh, representatives. Um, but Thomas was like, okay, but then how do you judge if the vote is diluted? Because you have to find that the vote is diluted, but, like, what's the benchmark you're measuring against? Yeah. And you're just measuring against raw proportionality, and you're not supposed to do that, which I think that's just Thomas being cute because – just because you're not allowed to mechanically do, like, a proportionality test doesn't mean you can't look at proportionality as, like, okay, this is what it, probably what it would be like if it was fair. And be like, how far does it deviate from that? I, you know, so I think Jamis is just being a cranky <laughs> butthead on that point. Well, so the Voting Rights Act is uh, sticking around for it's at least one around. more time. It's sticking around. Yeah, I really, thought, I really thought it was done for here. I mean, it doesn't help that... The thing that they were trying to challenge it with really looks like it was a total bullshit. Well, so it 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 wasn't actually um it wasn't that bullshit because they had a good case that there was no discriminatory intent. It wasn't like one of these gerrymanders that you see where they just redistrict to get all the you know everyone to be a Republican. Wait, so they accidentally gerrymandered these places into uh into depriving the black people of the vote? Yeah, so it was a map. The map was like from 1992, and every time they updated it. They updated it a little bit, but they they would just like grow or shrink the existing districts. They weren't like they weren't doing the thing where they like draw all new districts to try to get like the most Republicans you can get, which is what a lot of the states do. Um, so I think they had a good case. This wasn't intentionally um, diluting the black vote, and the but the court was like, I mean, the, it says right in the statute you don't need intent. There was a 1982 update to the Voting Rights Act to clarify that okay. to say like you don't have to have intent. Because there was a fight about, you know, is it disparate impact? Is it discriminatory intent? And Congress said it's it's impact. Okay. Uh, but, I, I mean, honestly, I think this was a good decision. I generally hate things that include intent, but every now and then you do got to be like, look, things are fucked up. Let's fix this. And, it, like, our redistricting somehow over the last three decades kind of got fucked up. We, we should change it to make it not shitty. Yeah, they're not going to do that, but they're... <laughs> I mean, they they literally did just do that, right? I mean, the concept of electoral districts is dumb, so I have trouble getting too strong feelings one way or the other about this, but it could certainly be a lot worse. I mean, this this is obvious. This is all downstream of the fact that we have voting districts, which are a stupid idea. Yeah. Um, because there's no way to draw fair districts, and of course they just try to game the system. And whatever the rules are, they'll game those rules. Voting districts are obsolete technology. Use rep- proportional representation. No, they're not even. They're not even obsolete technology. They were always dumb. <laughs> I mean, the alternatives are really easy to do with so? paper ballots. Oh, okay. Well. Well, so I do think yeah. back in the day when we didn't, we couldn't just drive across the country whenever we felt like. Um. It did make sense to be like, okay, well, you know, Pennsylvania has its own kind of unique uh, considerations from Kentucky. Um, and so you want to, like, make sure every sort of region gets their – gets some influence, even if they maybe don't have as many people. So the way you do it is, say, is basically however many electoral college votes this state has for the presidential or uh, however many congressional seats they have for the statewide, you say each person in that state gets to cast that many votes and they can cast them over whichever candidates they want. Basically do it approval voting style, only you can only approve up to N candidates, uh, where N is the number of stuff you get. Um, And yeah, that is 
that basically has all the same desirable traits as... I mean, certainly sounds much better than what we've got now. ...as districting and none of the problems. And you can easily do it with paper ballots. So the point is, the Founding Fathers, super great, really needed to study up on their election theory before they (laughs) hard-coded this into the basic infrastructure of the country, though. And, And the funny part of this is, everyone knows it. Like, whenever we, you know, decide to meddle in some other country's system and are like, okay, we're going to set up a democracy for you, it's always proportional yeah. representation. They know it's yeah. better. They're just like, we're going to stick with this one because... Inertia. I mean, how do you how, would you... how would it even happen? All right. Anyway, more Supreme Court stuff. Um, so, well, this is a fun story. So, some town... Um, is this Minneapolis? Yes. They sold... She 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 owed fifteen thousand dollars in taxes. Um, so the house the, the 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 city put a lien on her house, um, seized it and sold it at auction. They got forty grand for it and paid off her fifteen thousand dollar tax bill and just kept the extra twenty five grand. They were like, yeah, whatever, it's ours now. Jesus. <laughs> like I can't believe this was a thing that was a question. I can't believe it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Well, I'm glad it did, cause uh. Yeah, they because they, we they were like, oh uh, yeah, you can't do that. Was the opinion just a big old sign with "don't" written on it? <laughs> uh, that would have been smart. Glad it was unanimous too. Yeah, it was I was just gonna I was clicking on this to see it's unanimous. Yeah, I thought I remembered that. Yeah, they were yeah. just like the fuck yeah. this. Yeah, I know they were like this is not a close question. Not even Justice Thomas thinks that this should be allowed. <laughs> Uh, so that was a good one. All right. Uh, other thing. This was a shitty one. Mm. Um, so some dog toy company mm. made a dog toy that looks like a Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Do if any of you guys get a bark box? You know, this is like super common. You get like themed boxes and they have little like, you know, parody oh. toys in there that are like, you know, other things. It's a loot crate for dogs. Yeah. Cool. But they do this a lot. It'll be like it'll be like a recognizable thing. But the dog toy version. Hmm. Um, Jack Daniels sued them because they're assholes, and they won because copyright law is completely fucked. Copyright law is bullshit. I this mispronounced is, that. I mean, I this is the most obvious parody I've ever seen. Yeah. And yet. Well, the Supreme Court's justification was that some consumers might be confused that Jack Daniels actually endorses this product when they don't. I kinda. See their point? I, I still think it's stupid, and you should laugh it off, and there shouldn't be a law that says you have to defend your copyright like that or you lose it. But, uh, yeah, apparently it was... it was. I kind of see the point. I just think it's stupid, and I hate it. Like, why wouldn't you want Jack Daniels to be associated with an adorable dog toy? Right. 43% poo by volume. Yeah. 100% <laughs> smelly. Mm. Oh, man. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Um... We just should have an update every episode to be like, IP laws sucks. Yep, yep. All right, and uh, here's a, a good decision again. Yes. We like to sandwich the bad news, you see. Yeah. Um, in that the Supreme Court uh, was adjudicating a union dispute where a bunch of unionized drivers um, who, who were driving concrete trucks decided to mix a bunch of concrete into their trucks uh, and then walk off the job. Now, if you don't know about concrete, once you you mix it at, like, the last second and keep it in the mixer trucks, which, like, rotate it, um, because if you leave it sit still, it hardens 
and then it's just that's what it is forever. Yeah. Um, and if it hardens in the truck, that's very bad because then you <laughs> have a giant the... block of concrete in the truck that you can't get out. That's what the truck is forever too now. Yes. Um, and this was obviously on purpose. Mm. Like they were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna fill this up with concrete and then strike. So you either have to give give into our demands or all your trucks turn into concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually managed to like get people to go get the trucks. Um, but they did waste a whole t- bunch of concrete. Over a hundred thousand dollars, I think. Yeah, right? and yeah. the and the the company sued the union, being like, "You you assholes! <laughs> like your right to strike doesn't include your right to like break our shit." Yeah. Um, and we had a big fight about this on the Discord server, where all the socialists were like, "Yeah, unions should be able to break whatever they want. It's a right to strike." Yeah. Um, but the Supreme Court was like, "No, you can't. Like, you don't have to time your strike to be convenient." For management, but you also can't time it to, like, intentionally destroy property. Right. The, the fact that they, they said they intentionally did this to cause damage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. All right. Well, that brings us to happy news. Good news, Yay! everyone. And as usual, I think all of these are Eniosh. Um, so tell us all the happy news. All right. A federal judge says that border agents can't force you to hand over your phone, unlock it, and then take a complete image of your entire phone. Uh, that was a thing that the government said they could do, and they did it to people. And one person in particular was like, this phone has all my location data since forever and tons of sensitive documents and all my emails. What do you mean you can just force me to give you all of it? And uh, the federal judge said, yeah, that's that's bullshit. You don't completely give up all your rights when you cross the border. So that's uh, not a thing right now. It's going to go up to the appeals court, I'm assuming, and maybe even the Supreme Court, and we'll tell you about it in two years. It's like some kind of unreasonable search and seizure. Something like that, yeah. All right. All right, next happy news. A brain-spine interface allows a paralyzed man to walk using his thoughts. What? Yeah. Uh, so That's cool. Normally I fake these reactions, but I literally had not heard about this. <laughs> he had some prosthetic legs and kind of worked by like flexing his heel up, and it would activate uh, the leg, and it would move. And it was a very manual process. And now there's a sensor in his brain that sees when he's doing the thinking motion in his head to move his legs, and it naturally just... Uh, does all the calculations for him and moves his, the prosthetic leg and makes it far easier for him to get around anywhere. Oh, that's awesome. Because this was obviously coming at some point. Yeah, yeah. sounds like an unconscionable AI risk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think, we better shut that down. Have we considered, instead of letting him walk, that we should nuke him? David, why do you think I put this in the happy news? I love all the things technology <laughs> does. I just don't want it to, to make us extinct. But have you considered, what if he thinks something racist? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got it. We, we got to have that. We need to get some regulations about this. Yeah. Let's get the global community involved. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Next story. You know how nowadays in America, if you want to fix your seeing of things, you have to go to a doctor did, and pay them hundreds of dollars. Did you did you put an art thing in Happy News just so you could complain about America? <laughs> a, an art <laughs> thing? No, an article. An, no. Is this actual happy news, or are you just bitching about the U.S.? I mean, we do sometimes bitch about the U.S. and happy news. All right. Go ahead. In Poland and Lithuania... This is is a venerable mind-killer tradition (laughs) at this point. In Poland, one of the best countries, and Lithuania, you can get contact lenses from a fucking vending machine. You just walk up, you put in a few coins, you get a thing you put on your eye that can let you see. Like, why is this gated behind doctors that charge you hundreds of dollars? It's like a t-shirt for your eyes that lets you work in the real world. It's like a t-shirt for your eyes. Perfect metaphor, no notes. 
<laughs> ten out of ten. All right. No more comment. Next story. <laughs> Come on, Eniash. What's the next story? Kenyash, tell us the next story. Hurry up. The listeners are waiting for you. Fuck all of you. I'll cover this one because I know about this one. All right, Uh, David, what's the next story? So there is a proposed new law, the Promising Pathway Act, uh, which basically lets drugs that look good in early trials get preliminary approval. Uh, Basically, when I think the way it works is if a drug passes safety testing without problems, then... Uh, it becomes much easier for uh, doctors to prescribe it while the uh, efficacy testing is still pending. Uh, basically, it's kind of like an Operation Warp Speed for the entire country and all drugs. Hey. So I am entirely in favor. Uh, yeah. Do you know has, do you know who's proposing this? Uh, no, or like not offhand. What level of support it has? Nope. All right. Well, lots of laws get proposed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully this one has some actual support. Uh, I could see. I mean, this isn't like a culture war issue, so I could see Secret Congress getting uh, getting it done. Yeah, it's a good law. Come on, Secret yeah. Congress. All right, next story. Next story. Uh, you know how we hate when books are banned because that's some bullshit, and all right-thinking people hate that. Uh, no. What? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> David, stop being a contrarian. Yeah. Turns out, yeah. No. I, I'm just I banning that like one that. fourth of the Fountainhead. That's that long speech. I don't like it, but only because the ban the books that usually get banned are ones I like. Oh. Oh, you're like Wes. You like things <laughs> that are good for you and just like things that are bad for you, regardless of other considerations. <laughs> You say that like it's wrong. I <laughs> Yes, that's why I like AI. Alright. Anyways, there turns out there's not a huge nationwide campaign to ban books from school libraries, which we have been hearing about for quite a ways now a uh, while now. Uh, there are literally eleven people in the whole country that are responsible for sixty percent of oh, yeah. the challenges. Yeah, I found this story. Yeah, it's eleven people <laughs> who are going around complaining about books like filing like thirty complaints a day. Like, they got not much else to do. They, this is their war that they are fighting. On the plus side, it's really easy to ignore 11 people. It, is it? We're you know, not doing it. Have you considered that when everyone has to pick up a rifle and go fight on the front lines of the robot war, we won't have busybodies with too much time on their hands ruining everything? <laughs> oh, my God. That is the worst pitch for AI Apocalypse I've ever heard. (laughs) Also, we will have such tight bro-downs because everybody will be doing this thing together. All right. uh, next. We band of brothers. Yes. Awful. Well, good news for you, David. The future is already here. Yes! It just isn't distributed evenly. He loves that, too! Which is an old Stevenson quote, I believe. Neil Stevenson? No, don't. No, maybe it was William Gibson. It was one of the original cyberpunk authors. All right. All right, anyways. Uh, driverless taxis already exist in several cities, and they are doing just fine. Oh, yeah. I'm really freaking excited about this. Because yeah. we've got the techno- we've got the technology. It's there. It works. We just got to get the map data. Yeah. And to get people more comfy. And also, you know, the regulatory barriers. Yeah, there's that. Well, but there's enough money behind this that, like, special interests, special interests who have tons of money tend to get their way a lot, so... I feel like it's it's you know it's gonna be shitty regulations, but not shitty regulations shitty enough to actually crush the industry. Yeah, I hope you're right. Me too. This is why this isn't happy news. We are hopeful, optimistic people. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they're happening. It's like I know San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You can get a driverless taxi now, mm-hmm. um, which is like a real driverless taxi, not one of those ones that has like a safety driver sitting in the front seat. Like literally, there's no one there. Yeah. It just drives itself. So what happens if you do a racism in the taxi? It, well, you're executed. Yeah, it locks the doors and it drives into the river. <laughs> yeah, they have like gas um, that just goes into the car. Okay, good. And then you're uh, deposited in the river. All right, good. I, I was hoping they would do something that destroys the car. Like <laughs> no, the car's got to go out to catch more racists. The car's not the racist one. It's you. Yeah, I know. I was just worried. Okay, good. Well, don't worry. The AI safety people are on it. Yeah. Okay, good. I I feel so much safer. I'm actually slightly insulted on the behalf of the AI safety people. It's the stupid-ass government that is fucking this up. No, no, okay? This is why you gotta be precise with your words, yeah. because the good AI people are the AI alignment people. Yes. AI safety is about not letting the AIs say naughty words. Mm, well, okay. We can argue about how many of there are in each camp. I believe, Robin, we already we already found out it's 20%. Oh, well, but Robin Hansen was saying those are like the... Thank you guys for... That, uh, clarifying which of the several um, troop deployments I was compl- contemplating I should actually go with. I am not going to like this troop deployment, am I? Uh, uh, actually, I think you probably would. Uh, okay. All right. Well, before that, uh, we've got one more happy news. Yay! Our normal human interest story. Four Colombian children found alive in a jungle five weeks after a plane crash. What? Yeah. Did they live in an animal society? <laughs> no. There was not any ritual <laughs> yeah, sacrifice in order to they, No, I mean, did they, like, make friends with gorillas who brought them bananas? Uh, no. Gorillas don't live in Colombia. They would have made friends with the cocaine hippos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I you, will talk listeners, about... Listeners, <laughs> do not listen to him. You cannot make friends with cocaine hippos. <laughs> yes, yes he's cocaine. right. Cocaine hippos are even more evil than regular hippos, which are already And regular hippos evil. are already pretty evil. <laughs> also, if you think I'm joking, Google Colombian cocaine hippos. I'm not. These are a thing. <laughs> he's, not, he's not joking. In addition to the awesome kids that managed to survive on their own for five weeks, there were also the uh, vast network of people who were like out there searching for them and putting in the hours. Nice. So yeah, just all around great news for humans. Pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to troop deployment. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so I have recommended John Stokes' Substack on this podcast several times before. And I'm going to do it again. Uh, because he has an excellent post from a couple of weeks ago, AI Safety, a Technical and Ethnographic Review. Uh, link to it will be in the show notes, I assume. Uh, and he makes a distinction between three kinds of AI safetyists. Uh, the language police, who are primarily worried that LLMs will say mean words, be used to spread disinformation, etc. The Chernobylists, who are worried about what it'll look like if we hook ML models we don't fully understand into real-life systems, especially important ones. And the X-Riskers, who are convinced that the second AI uh, AGI comes onto the scene, humanity will die. Um... And he goes on quite a bit more about uh, these different camps and what they look like and how they interact and what sort of basic assumptions they're making about AI. Like everything John Stokes has written that I have read, it is excellent. 
and I recommend you read it if you want to get a good handle on exactly who the players in this AI safety debate are and what they think about each other and about AI. All right. Thank you, David. And I think Eniash and I have the same uh, troop deployment, which is that, uh, you know, maybe you guys should uh, consider looking into Vibe Camp. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> mine is slightly more general than that. All right. Go ahead. What's yours? Uh, mine is I have, over the past year, found myself very happy and content in ways that I didn't think were possible, and I spent a lot of time, time trying to figure out why that was and how I can recreate it. And... I think a lot of it seems to come down to I'm just really happy when I'm around a whole lot of people all the time. The three <laughs> most significant events uh, were uh, Burning Man, where you're sleeping right next to people and see them all the time. Uh, the the EA Inkathy Abbey uh, retreat, where I, you're sleeping in the same room as a lot, or same house as a lot of people and seeing them all the time. And Vibe Camp, where you're sleeping very close to a lot of people and seeing them all the time. Like, literally all your waking hours, there are a lot of other people around. And um, that is very different from living in the suburbs, which are basically empty wastelands where you are sequestered in these tiny, no, in these very large houses with big dead streets everywhere. And then you go in little sealed boxes to go places. When I left the suburbs, I thought this would be better in the city because they're very dense. But uh, it's not that much better because then you're just sequestered in very small little uh, little boxes and never talk to anybody. And and man, maybe a lot of us just really need to be places where we're forced to be around a lot of people all the time, can't avoid them. You don't even have to stop and talk to them. You just see the same people a lot in passing. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. This may be how we were meant to live, or at least some fraction of us uh, really need that to be psychologically healthy. So I don't know. Consider that. See if we can find a way to make it happen. People need community. Who knew? Mm. We really need to come up with a name for it when uh, Inyash is in this kind of mood. So we have Anwinyash for his other mood, but we don't have a good name for this one. Anwinyash. We should fix that. <laughs> I will... I'm just going to call him the cactus person. Who the hell came up with Anwinyash? I don't like it. I did. <laughs> you go to hell, David. Did you just come up with that right now? Uh, no, I came up good. with you it, thought it like, earlier. uh, I think a week, a uh, couple of weeks ago. Oh, on Weenie Ash, we use that all the time. No, stop. <laughs> stop right now. Listeners, you're encouraged to use it as much as possible. Listeners, don't listen to them. You're on my side. Uh, so I don't usually clap back at these, but, uh, I do have to defend the suburbs a little bit. Okay. Because... You're talking about shitty suburbs. There are good ones, but mostly you just call them small towns where you talk to your neighbors and see them. You know, you just have to go outside. I hear small towns are very nice. Yeah. Um, you're in one right now. You can just go outside and see people. Really? And talk to them. Yeah, and they'll smile at you and everything. And it's way better than the city because when you see people in the city, you're not supposed to make eye contact. Right. Small towns. Way to go if you want to if you want to know your neighbor. The difference, I suspect, is you have a small child and no, therefore no. it's – culturally acceptable God for you. you to walk to the local no, playground. Don't be joining Wes in, in this shenanigans. No, the difference is in, I'm just in. very good looking. So when people mm. see me, they like get, you know, they're like, oh, he looks like a trustworthy <laughs> and um, intelligent individual. You exude charisma. You smile a lot. you got bright eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly not that because that's <laughs> no. also true. Yeah, that's why I think you should live in a small town. Yeah. I, I'm the... I'm All the, cons right. All right. I'm the conspicuous okay. Okay. for my trip to planet, which is Vibe Camp. It was great. It was. Um, it <laughs> was uh, three nights. Um, lots of fun stuff. It. I thought it was going to be super wooey. Mm. Um, it wasn't. There was like woo stuff going on, but you didn't have to do it. And all, like, the big group stuff was, like, very inclusive. I only got asked to do any kind of meditation-like thing one time. Um and it was at the the closing ceremony. Oh yeah. Um, that wasn't even a meditation. No, but it was like focus on your breath. 
breathe in and out. I was like, oh no, I thought this was going to be all weekend, but it wasn't. It was great. Um, lots of like super generous people just bringing stuff for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Yinyash, I imagine it was like a Burning Man that way. Yes. Um, but like very cool people, very friendly people, very accepting people, um, and a very cool campground. And if you're like considering it, uh, if you think it sounds cool, you should look into it and maybe come next year. I think it's going to be at the same place. God, it was so good. Yeah, uh, and you should listen to our bonus episode that we recorded there, um, where it's just like people stopping in and telling us, you know, how they how they've been been doing for like I think it's only like 30 minutes, so it, it won't uh, it won't it won't cost you much time. And you can totally get a feel for what the vibes of Vibe Camp were like, because it was kind of it was kind of like that the whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'll be you get a feel for what hanging out with us at Vibe Camp was like. Okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> which is the best vibes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you for listening. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on Substack, you fucking freeloaders. (laughs) God. I tell you this every episode, and you never do it. You'll get early episodes. You could have listened to this yesterday. Every one of us spends half our day on Sunday preparing for this, and then hours talking with these jokers. I gotta put up with this shit every other week. He does. You you hear what we're like to him, Ugh. and he does it for you. Yeah. Can't um, even throw us a buck a month. Is it a buck a month? It's five bucks a month. Isn't I think it? it's five bucks a month. Yeah, it's still that's not much. You're an but, American. But but you'll get the whole Vibe Camp episode because you you shithead. Who, who, people who aren't subscribing only <laughs> Whoa, get half of get, it. Let's not get too offensive. All right, here. all right. Sorry, you like poopy you heads. Know, you people who are not behaving maximally well. Okay, yeah. I can, I can God, I fuck. <laughs> I hate rationalist speak. <laughs> this is this is why I don't identify as a rationalist anymore. You fucking liar. He, no, Dave is a post-rationalist now, like yeah. us. Da- are you a post-rationalist, David? Yeah, I'm just not that's on Twitter. Believe- no, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, all right. Yeah, you also get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel, oh, yeah. where you can come talk to us about post-rationalism and Twitter, because those are our big interests now. Yes. <laughs> um, we are changed men. All right. We'll be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. <laughs>